0: All right, Dr. Randall Gates, board-certified chiropractic neurologist, also a chiropractic physician at Gates Way to Health in Henderson, Nevada, and today we're talking about peripheral neuropathy. A few topics are as exciting to me as this one. Uh, Having my background in neurology, I really focused on neuropathy early in my career, and it's been something um, that I've really enjoyed exploring because so many of you neuropathy patients are told there's nothing that can be done for you. There's no cure to the condition. You basically just have to live with it you need to take the meds and that's the end of the story and what we're finding in the literature is that may not be the case however that's what a lot of you are told it's not inaccurate information per se but the newest information is showing us something different so in the weeks preceding this broadcast I've talked about a lot of different subjects I've talked about diabetes last week at length that's gonna tie into today I've talked about thyroid issues that will tie into today as well fibromyalgia that ties in as well and with peripheral neuropathy what you basically just have to get in your head think of your nerves as wires and we have these wires running down into our hands we have these wires running down into our feet and for some reason with neuropathy patients the nerves start to die and degenerate and when that happens you start to get the symptoms of numbness tingling burning muscle cramping maybe weakness maybe problems with your balance as a result of that and so we when that happens we then have to say why are the nerves dying and degenerating. Diabetes is the most common cause, as most of you know. If you have neuropathy, and most doctors will tell patients, you know, half the time peripheral neuropathy is due to diabetes. Half the time we don't know, and it's that other half of the pie that I'm going to really talk about a lot today, because that other half of the pie is very, very interesting. And in trying to figure out why somebody has neuropathy, our foremost investigators on peripheral neuropathy in this country, a lot of them are at the Mayo Clinic. They say that most of the time you should be able to figure out what the cause of your neuropathy is. But so often I talk to patients and they say, well, you know, my doctor said he doesn't know. Now, it's not an issue with your doctor, and I need to make a point of that. Your doctors are good. Your doctors are caring. They're doing everything they can to help you. However, lots of times your doctors may be limited in what tests they can and cannot order, and I'll go into that a little bit later. But in the peripheral neuropathy world, it's important for you to understand the differences in paradigms, so to speak, in the traditional paradigm. You go in to your doctor, you say, hey, I'm having some numbness and some tingling in my feet. And then they may say, well, um, I'm going to send you to the neurologist. So you get sent to the neurologist. The neurologist runs some lab tests. They may perform an exam. They may do something called an EMG where they stick needles in you or they're um, sending – electrical signals up and down your arms your legs it's called a nerve conduction velocity and then from that they can delineate okay you do or you don't have neuropathy run some blood tests you do or you don't have it maybe diabetes maybe thyroid issues and then from there you're given the medications and so that's the medication approach however on the flip side the functional neurology and the functional medicine model is to say okay well yeah you do have neuropathy but what is causing it and what can we do about that nutritionally or from a supplementation standpoint to really make a correction in that. And so we're gonna go into that in a lot greater detail today as I talk about peripheral neuropathy. And it's important to know just that we need a paradigm change relative to neuropathy patients and that's my opinion because I'm working with so many neuropathy patients because so many of the factors are dietarily based then we can change somebody's diet we can change maybe their supplementation protocols address the underlying metabolic cause to their issue and while doing that contemporaneously at the same time folks we can go in and we can start rehabbing and shocking the nerves back into life but that's an exercise in futility it's a waste of time if you're not addressing the underlying metabolic cause and when I say metabolic by that. I mean, diabetes, I mean, thyroid issues, I mean, vitamin deficiencies, alcoholism, so on and so forth. And this is why so many of you have been told that there's nothing that can be done because there's no simple solution to this. It's not as though when you see your neurologist, they can say, okay, Joe, well, then what you need to do is you need to go home and you need to buy this piece of equipment and it will stimulate your nerves. Your neurologist knows that's not going to work because most likely whatever metabolic process is going on is not going to be fixed or Remediated. And that kind of ties in with our conversation from last week on diabetes. Diabetes is going up at an alarming rate. Pre diabetes, one out of three Americans now have pre diabetes. So, like, over 100 million Americans approximately have pre diabetes. And pre diabetes is a major cause of peripheral neuropathy. 9.4% of the American population has diabetes. About 60% of diabetics, type 1 and type 2, will develop peripheral neuropathy. And in the research, they say most, neuro, or excuse me, most diabetic patients aren't going to be able to change their diabetes by changing their diet. And I talked about that a lot last week. And the only cure so to speak for diabetes right now is gastric bypass surgery. But what they're finding with the gastric bypass surgery is that it's not just a reduction in calories. Primarily it's a change in how the 39 trillion bacteria in our intestines uh, are composed and when somebody has a gastric bypass, the inflammatory bacteria go down substantially and it changes the way our body signals with insulin, which gets sugar into the cells of our body so that's kind of the overview on peripheral neuropathy uh, just from a glance and many of you uh, are advertised to constantly to take neuropathy support formulas because most of us have some conception that a vitamin deficiency can result in peripheral neuropathy so a lot of you are be being touted to take drugs or excuse me like supplements like alpha lipoic acid supplements like b12 b6 b9 and I see a lot of patients who come in and are taking that. But when you look at most peripheral neuropathy patients, they don't have a vitamin deficiency as the cause of their symptoms. It may be a component, but it's not the primary cause. And so it's kind of like a Hail Mary approach. Some statistics say upwards of four to 8% of all peripheral neuropathy patients have a vitamin deficiency component, but almost every neuropathy sufferer I see walk into our clinic is taking these these vitamins. And you have to be careful. If you take too many of these vitamins. You can actually evoke neuropathy. You can actually make neuropathy a lot worse. And I've seen that too. Particularly, you need to be focused on vitamin B6. If you're taking any B vitamin supplements, you need to look at the amount of B6 you're taking. Because if you're taking over About 20 milligrams of B6 a day, your chances of developing peripheral neuropathy are pretty high. And if you're getting around 200 milligrams of B6 a day, that is a significant risk factor for developing peripheral neuropathy. And I will say the B6 overdose neuropathies are some of the worst that I've ever seen and ones that I was not able to treat and get rid of the individual's burning pain. So taking a step back now, hopefully you get the the landscape of the picture, thinking of peripheral neuropathy as a pie, a pie chart where half of you who have peripheral neuropathy, the problem is secondary to diabetes. The other half of you, there's literally about 80 different causes, upwards of 100 different causes to the cause of your symptoms. And because that 80 to 100, basically due to the 80 to 100 potentialities there, that's why lots of times doctors will say, you know, we really don't know the cause because they don't want to run $25,000 worth of blood testing to figure out what's wrong with you I'm really insurance companies lots of times will not allow them to and just as an overview for that other half of you who don't have diabetes gluten the dietary peptide gluten which is in wheat barley oats and rye is actually being associated As a major cause of peripheral neuropathy. So that's something I'm going to talk about later on. Also, prediabetes, which I alluded to also, is showing to be a huge factor for those of you who have idiopathic peripheral neuropathy, particularly if you have burning pain, if you have pain in your feet when you're up and walking around or late in the evening, something to pay attention to. And we'll talk about specific labs because lots of times the standard labs run for prediabetes are not good enough. And then also, that's where we then get into genetic issues. Liver problems, renal problems, which are your kidneys. If you have chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, if you are a smoker, or if you have genetics for a certain type of neuropathy or other more rare autoimmune conditions, all these factors have to be assessed when evaluating a peripheral neuropathy patient. And that's why at Gateway to Health we do a very, very thorough diagnostic workup because you have to sit down and take a history with the individual. When I'm talking to a neuropathy patient, and if you don't have diabetes, there's a lot of potential different causes. So we need to go into. Have you had any environmental exposures to chemicals? Have you had prediabetes? Have you had your thyroid checked? What were your thyroid numbers? Because lots of times the thyroid numbers may be just borderline, but they can actually be a much more significant issue. And so all these factors have to be thoroughly assessed, addressed, delved into, so to speak, like a detective to figure out what is exactly causing a neuropathy patient's problems. So we'll come back after the break. We'll talk about this in greater detail. Uh, You can contact us again gates way to health at 833 dr gates if you have more questions on your condition really the patients that i see who are interested in peripheral neuropathy are the ones who are not accepted with the current answers maybe they're the regularly independent individuals who want to take matters into their own hands and uh, it really takes a lot of tenacity to get to the bottom of these problems so thanks for listening i'll see you after the break Dr. Randall Gates, board certified chiropractic neurologist, also a chiropractic physician. Gatesway to Health in Henderson, Nevada. If you have questions about your condition, give us a call at 833-DR-GATES for a free consultation regarding your individual needs, your individual condition. That way we can go over it. So going on that with the B12 issues, these B vitamin deficiencies. Okay, so here's the workup. Here's how you have to look at it. If you are actually deficient in a B vitamin, again, why? If you're a vegetarian or a vegan, that's an explanation because you're just not getting the B vitamins from your diet. B vitamins are plentiful and eggs, meat meats, even in dairy products like cheeses, we get B vitamins. But if you're vegan and you're not eating any of that, then yeah, there's a good probability you can be deficient in B vitamins. Also, we have to look at how your body assimilates B vitamins. When you consume a steak, that steak goes into your stomach. That steak has to be broken down from that mass of meat into individual tiny protein and amino acid molecules. That is started by hydrochloric acid being produced in your stomach. Your stomach then makes other chemicals that help to break down the proteins. And then your stomach also makes a factor called intrinsic factor that binds to the B12 and shuttles the B12 into your bloodstream. So like, you know, it's that game at the arcade where the little wand comes down. You grab the stuffed animal and you pull it out and you've all played that, folks. Well, that's what intrinsic factor does to B12. But if your stomach's not making enough intrinsic factor, you're not going to absorb your B12. If you take drugs like Prilosec, these and acid medications, proton pump inhibitors as they're termed, those can interfere with B12 and B9 absorption as well as iron. If you have Crohn's disease, if you have ulcerative colitis, conditions of the bowel, celiac disease, where you have tons of inflammation in your intestines, you're not going to absorb your B vitamins. If you're an alcoholic, there's a probability you're not going to absorb your B vitamins. You may have a parasite. I know that may seem like a reach, but I see I don't see a lot of patients with parasites, but I have seen patients with parasites where that can cause problems in absorbing B vitamins. And so that's the diagnostic flow I go through in any patient to assess, okay, if they do have a B vitamin, why? Just looking at a case this week, an individual had really large red blood cells, they had an autoimmune issue, and it really looks like their immune system is attacking the stomach. If the immune system attacks the stomach, so it can't make the right digestive juices to break down your foods, it's called autoimmune gastritis. If the immune system is attacking the stomach cells that make intrinsic factor, then that's called pernicious anemia, and that really needs to be assessed, you can get this all done through standard blood tests. But as I said before, lots of times, it's not that your doctors don't know this. Your doctors can be limited by the insurance industry. It depends on area to area. Some areas are better, some areas are worse. But For example, one of my favorite articles came out of the Journal of the American Medical Association, Neurology Division. It came out in 2014. It was called, The Role of Neurologists and Diagnostic Tests on the Management of Distal Symmetric Polyneuropathy, a.k.a. Peripheral Neuropathy. And they followed nine neurologists around, I believe it was in Texas for a number of years. And their observations were that two thirds of the peripheral neuropathy patients were diagnosed correctly based on just an examination. But when I say just an examination, I'm saying a thorough neurological examination. That's where the doctor is checking all of your sensation down in your feet. They're taking a pinwheel or poking you with a needle and they're checking your strength. They're checking your reflexes. from all of that. You can really discern most of the time if somebody has peripheral neuropathy. And then they said the blood tests like B12 for B12, they, I believe their exact verbiage. Now, I'm not quoting, but it was something to the effect of uh, implying cheap blood tests, cheap blood tests for B12, thyroid and diabetes led to an accurate diagnosis and another 15%. So their basic point was that with the exam and a few cheap blood tests, a doctor can diagnose neuropathy correctly about 80 plus percent of the time. And so from that, lots of times this dictates policy because these individuals who wrote this article work for oversight agencies. So this dictates policy for your doctor to where now insurance companies say, you know, Dr. doctor Smith, neurologist, um, you know, we basically have found that running these other tests is medically unnecessary. Have you ever heard that before, medically unnecessary? And so because of that, you know, you wanna run all this, these blood tests, but if you wanna stay in network, uh, we recommend you just run these. And this is the type of pressure that a lot of doctors face when they're working with you. It's not that your doctors or your neurologists don't know what I'm telling you, they know it but lots of times, you know, they're kind of their hands are tied. And so they're going to give you their treatment option, medical model versus what I'm talking about is the functional model. What I just went through with you in assessing B12 deficiency is the way we look at that in the functional medicine, functional neurology world. And you also have to understand that your treatment when you're in the mainstream healthcare system is dictated by your diagnosis code. The diagnosis code, the ICD-10 diagnosis code for peripheral neuropathy is G90.09. So that diagnosis, code basically dictates by your insurance industry, your insurance company, what you can and cannot do. That's why almost every neuropathy patient I see tells me the same story. They went to their general practitioner, the general practitioner referred them to a neurologist. Maybe you saw a podiatrist. If there was some concept that your back was involved, maybe you had an MRI, which these out of that article I just quoted, they said was unnecessary. It basically was a waste of money because most of the time it didn't produce results. But maybe you get an MRI of your back, maybe of your neck. And then you see the neurologist, you can have the nerve conduction velocity test done and that's basically it and then you have the drugs that are available to you that the neurologist is going to prescribe drugs like gabapentin, Lyrica, that you see commonly advertised for peripheral neuropathy patients. So that's why the story is typically the same for most of you that I see and it's important to be tenacious in working with neuropathy patients if you're going to go into this other model. You as a patient have to be tenacious, the doctor has to be tenacious to get to the root of it. So again, if you have any uh, questions, go ahead and call us here at the radio show 702 you can call us here at our henderson office gatesway to health in las vegas area 833 dr gates for a free consultation regarding your specific needs and your condition if you have questions i me to go over with you i appreciate you listening and we'll be back after the break Dr. Randall Gates, board certified chiropractic neurologist, also a chiropractic physician in Henderson, Nevada, Gatesway to Health. If you have questions on your condition, give us a call at 833 Dr. Gates so we can go over your individual case. Today we're talking about neuropathy. We've gone over the overview. We've gone over why lots of times all the tests are not run. And really now we need to make the point of you having a really good examination because I alluded to it before. I can't tell you how many patients I've seen come in with neuropathy symptoms, numbness, tingling, burning, and their feet maybe their hands maybe in other areas of their body they didn't actually have neuropathy they had something else going on lots of times something maybe even more immediately concerning so that's where the examination is so important as you as the patient it's kind of hard to understand because you know you're not a neurologist you haven't gone through a decade of training and things of that nature to really get to this point but what you simply need to understand is that through the examination your doctor can usually tell if this looks like more of a spinal cord problem or if this looks more like a peripheral neuropathy issue. Again, neuropathy is basically where the nerves dying degenerate, usually in a symmetrical pattern, meaning like both feet at the same time. It spreads up like a wildfire to the knees, and then it could jump to the hands. But in this exam and this history, your doctor can discern if you actually have neuropathy or if it looks more like you have a problem in your lower back where a couple nerves are being impinged upon. Or maybe you have stenosis, which refers to when the spinal canal narrows down and there's just not enough room for the nerves to move move and the nerves are kind of choked frequently these patients will walk around they get numbness in their feet they sit down and then they're okay or they bend over and they're okay and then they can walk again or it's coming from your neck you have arthritis in your neck neuropathy affects primarily individuals who are in the later demographics of life and in that group it's very common to have a lot of arthritis in the neck and that arthritis in the neck can trap or impinge upon the spinal cord creating very similar symptoms to neuropathy to neuropathy so that's where it's so important to go through the diagnostic work. Even a nerve in your ankle can be entrapped. If you have really flat feet, it's called tarsal tunnel. All of this can be ferreted out with a very good neurological exam. There's so much to this subject. I I could really talk on it for probably all day long, really, but trying to be succinct. Um, We mentioned that half of neuropathy patients are due to diabetes. Let's just go with that. So within this model, this paradigm that I'm proposing, can we correct the underlying metabolic cause, this case, diabetes? Listen to last week's broadcast where basically I talked about how diabetes is a gut bacterial illness that keeps insulin signaling abnormal and that if you can get rid of the bad bacteria in the intestines and starve them off with certain dietary strategies maybe you can see a change and so going on with diabetes if we can get to the underlying cause and correct it and then we can rehab the nerves think of shocking the heart back into life you've seen that we've all seen it on tv where they put the paddles on they say clear they shock the heart you're shocking the heart back into rhythm well we're doing the same thing with the peripheral nerves. It shouldn't be painful. It's (laughs) it's not quite as intense, but that's the concept. But you have to get to the underlying problem. So with diabetes, there's something called the diabetes control and complications trial, I believe. They took 1,441 diabetic patients and they examined if they tightly controlled their blood sugar over a period of five years, would their risks of other problems like retinal issues, neuropathy go down? And they found that if they tightly controlled an individual's blood sugar with diabetes, that they could prevent the chance of neuropathy in about two-thirds of the patients. Again, I mentioned before, about 60% of diabetics are going to get neuropathy. And they found that after five years, basically, there was a 67% reduction in neuropathy in the patients who had a tight control of their blood sugar. Now, why is this not commonly done? Because many of you out there, your doctor will say, you know, if you're around 6% on your A1C, 7%, just for most of you, normal is 4.8 to 5.6%. Six, but good diabetic management is considered around 7. Well, then, you know, we're doing good. But these researchers said, well, you know, if you do better, you're going to reduce the risk of developing peripheral neuropathy. So it's pretty interesting. Lots of times, though, doctors aren't going to go to that length because it's a little more dangerous to control blood sugar that tightly with medications. And because of that, and because lots of doctors consider diabetes a lifestyle illness, and in essence, you can't stop what you're eating, why are they going to put their skin on the line, so to speak, to do that? And so... As Ann was talking about with the burning pain, this is so interesting because the idiopathic peripheral neuropathy patients are really something that excite me a lot. Um, Two doctors out of Utah, in fact, two neurologists out of Utah, were looking at why so many individuals have idiopathic, which means we don't know the cause, peripheral neuropathy. And they took 107 patients and they did this glucose tolerance test I'm talking about. And they found that like a significant percentage out of the 107 patients, I believe it was 36 actually were pre-diabetic when you did the glucose tolerance, but most of you haven't had a glucose tolerance test. And 13 people were diabetic. So a vast percentage of these idiopathic peripheral neuropathy patients actually had blood sugar dysregulation. Actually, I believe it was three had diabetes, uh, to correct, to quote it correctly, but it was a significant percentage, 33 or 36 had pre-diabetes. So if you have pre-diabetes, and as I said it last week, that's like being on the tarmac before you take off into diabetes. When you're eating foods, especially Carbohydrates. After you eat the carbohydrates, when you're pre-diabetic, you eat too many, the carbohydrates go up a little higher than they should. And when your carbohydrates are high, your sugar is high in your bloodstream, it attracts water into the nerves, and that causes the nerves to swell. Now, primarily, the pain nerves are affected in pre-diabetes because the pain nerves, think of a wire, they don't have a lot of insulation around them. The big nerves that encode balance, and if your neurologist has put a tuning fork on your toe or moved your toe up and down, Those are big nerve functions, Think big wires. These small nerves encode pain, and they tend to swell more in the pre-diabetic state. And when they swell, then that creates your symptoms of numbness, tingling, burning particularly. And frequently, these patients will have more burning at night when they're laying on their back the bed sheets may bother them. Maybe you have to wear special shoes. Maybe you step out onto cold concrete to try and cool your feet off. These are the stories I hear from small fiber pre-diabetic patients. And in doing so, they're trying to relieve their symptoms. But just know that pre-diabetes is a major cause. And I put all this out there because I want you to talk to your doctors about this. But if you have special questions, again, I'm proposing a different paradigm of actually getting to the root of this issue. If that's of something of interest to you, then that's where we can do the free consultation Talk about your particular case. But going on with fibromyalgia, I talked about that a few weeks ago. Fibromyalgia is like one of the most misunderstood conditions on the planet. Most fibromyalgia patients are told that they're crazy, that it's all in their head, that they have psychological problems. Upwards of half of them have small fiber peripheral neuropathy. But the peripheral neuropathy that a fibromyalgia patient has, again, pain, nerves, dying, and degenerating, the peripheral neuropathy they have is lots of times throughout their entire body. It's not just down in their feet. And that's the reason why they have pain all over their body. So that's very, very, very important for them as well. But usually their small fiber neuropathy is due to an autoimmune problem. What does autoimmune mean? Autoimmune means the immune system is attacking our own body. We have millions of checks and balances, folks, to make sure that our immune system never attacks our own body. But in our current society, these autoimmune problems are going through the roof. The thyroid is the most common tissue to be attacked by the immune system. Researchers don't know why. They know there's a genetic component to it, but it's thought that other environmental factors are playing a pivotal role in this. So it's a big, big issue. And going a little further, when you have neuropathy and your nerves are dying and degenerating, the problem is not just in your nerves. We're finding that the problem can actually be secondarily affected in your brain as well. Because if you think of these poor individuals, for example, who come back from uh, military combat and they lose a limb, they lots of times will have horrible pain, even though they don't have an arm anymore. And they have that horrible pain because their brain really rewires itself, where the arm used to be. And researchers are seeing that a similar phenomena happens in peripheral neuropathy patients. So when we're addressing a neuropathy patient at Gazeway to Health, we're looking at their nerves. We also look at your brain, because your brain is actually where you feel everything. That's where touch is perceived. And so it's very important to look at the brain because uh, Journal of Diabetes, I think 2013, they compared diabetic neuropathy patients to just diabetic patients, and they found that the sensory area of the brain, called the parietal lobe, was shrunk, it was shriveled, for all intents and purposes, compared to those without neuropathy. So it's a brain component, too. After the break, I'll talk about how we bring all this together. Again, for a free consultation, call 833-DR-GATES. We can talk about your case. All right. See you after the break. Okay. Dr. Randall Gates, board certified chiropractic neurologist, also chiropractic physician at Gatesway Health in Henderson, Nevada, here in the Las Vegas area. Talking about neuropathy today, we've gone through neuropathy from an overview perspective, so to speak. We've talked about diabetes. We've talked about pre-diabetes. That's a huge percentage of the pie. I mean, we're talking close to, close to two-thirds, approximately, of neuropathy patients having these issues. I mentioned balance before. I mentioned gluten before. I'm going to go into gluten a little bit more because gluten, the infamous gluten that everybody talks about now, that draws a lot of uh, ire, so to speak, meaning a lot of uh, angst, a lot of criticism, creates a lot of frustration for a lot of individuals because the nutrition community is saying everybody should be eating gluten unless you have celiac disease, which is where the immune system attacks the gluten molecule and kills the intestines. People in the alternative functional medicine, functional neurology community are saying a significant percentage of people who eat gluten don't feel well. It also has been shown, and this is like a little protein, uh, it's also been shown to be, for all intents and purposes, a poison to the intestinal lining so that it can break down. And this prompted a doctor out of England, his name is Dr. Haji and he's a neurologist. And he started studying gluten as it related to neurological diseases, because so often in the neurological disease world, it's either neurodegeneration, meaning brain cells are shriveling and dying, think of Alzheimer's, think of Parkinson's disease, or they didn't really know the cause and autoimmune issues are now exploding in neurology and our understanding of them. But he was at the ground level, so to speak, in understanding these relationships. And he took a huge group of idiopathic, again, they didn't know the cause of their neuropathy, and he ran tests for gluten on them. And he found that 34% of them, this is Journal of Neurology, Neurosurgery, and Psychiatry, 2006, he found that 34% of all of you out there who don't know the cause to your neuropathy actually due to gluten. And so that's a huge percentage, a huge, huge, huge percentage of you have a gluten-mediated neuropathy. Now, here's the story. As I talk about these issues, I talk about diabetes and correcting it nutritionally. I'm talking about B vitamins and getting your B vitamin status corrected or figuring out why your B vitamins are low, even if you're one of the rare ones who have a B vitamin deficient neuropathy. Talking about gluten, talking about prediabetes, you can go and get rid of the gluten. You can get rid of your diabetes. And lots of times in my experience, the neuropathy patient doesn't feel any better because you have nerve damage. Now, some of you may feel better. If you do, that's fantastic. You probably caught it early on. But if you don't feel better, it's because the issue is more complicated. We tend to think of things in the U.S. as being unifactorial, which is how we're conditioned, a pill for every ill. But when you look at these chronic problems, there are many vicious cycles overlaid on top of one another. And so if you change your diet, you don't feel better, you get discouraged. Well, just know it's more complicated than that because your diet's been bad for a number of years and so many biochemical processes in your body are dysfunctional, you have to dig deeper. And that's where coupling this new paradigm that I'm talking about for peripheral neuropathy is so important that we use it gateway to help because we not only get to the underlying nutritional cause, and I'm just talking about it at a glance, it's much more complicated. You have to really peel that onion, so to speak, to change these issues or to calm them down or to get rid of the blood sugar dysregulation. And then we go in, and that's after doing a very thorough diagnostic workup and running the appropriate blood tests that need to be run that your ICD-9 code or ICD-10 code lots of times won't allow you to have run. And blood tests to figure out if your intestines are breaking down or blood tests to figure out how is your cortisol? Because I see so many diabetics who are under a lot of stress, and that's a big reason why their blood sugar is so unpredictable. You know you may have normal blood sugar later in the day, but your fasting glucose in the morning is extremely high, maybe because of a cortisol response. So those factors all have to be taken into account. If you're going to approach somebody without medication. It's a completely different way of looking at it. And then once we run all the blood tests and we really figure out, okay, what is your specific problem, then we go and we start rehabbing nerves. It takes time. It takes repetition. Every patient is different. There's not one simple solution. It's not like I can just say, put these electrical pads on this part of your leg and have at it. Because I can't tell you. I mean, roughly patients I've done that with, and they feel worse because it's too much stimulation for dead nerves. Think of sparking wires. You don't necessarily want to put stimulation into there. You have to go to the part of the wire where it works or a different part of the body on and on and on and on. And then looking at the brain too, as I mentioned, because the brain is a secondary component of peripheral neuropathy cases. So all those factors have to be assessed. And through that neurological exam, you can tell frequently if somebody has the signs of a B12 deficiency. Most of you don't know that a B12 deficient neuropathy shows in the exam completely different than a pre-diabetic case of peripheral neuropathy. So your neurologist or if I was examining you, I'm looking at those factors because based on your reflexes, based on the sensation you're losing or the sensation you have or the sensation that's too much, that's what tells us how to run specific tests that you need not just a shotgun approach to the issue. And so all these factors I've talked about today, evaluating your alcohol consumption is very, very important and being honest about it. (laughs) And I laugh with you on that because that's something that so many patients and doctors are trained, you know, people say, well, how many, or the doctor says, how many drinks do you have at night? And the patient says, oh, you know, like two Except on weekends, I have 12. You know, all those things, you have to be forthcoming to help your doctors. Looking at blood sugar with a critical uh, eye, so to speak, a fine-tooth comb. Looking at your thyroid, not just running thyroid hormone tests, but assessing the immune counts to your thyroid. Checking other signs of autoimmune markers to your body. Do you have rheumatoid arthritis? Do you have lupus? Running specialized tests for gluten. Because uh, we run a test called uh, a Cyrex test. It's the best test on the market, in my opinion, for gluten issues that most of you are not having run in fact i believe we're the only clinic here in Vegas that runs that test and then checking you for other some precancerous conditions will cause neuropathy in fact 10% of you have something called a monoclonal gammopathy of undetermined significance which is a mouthful it basically it can be a precancerous condition that causes neuropathy in a large percentage of people and these individuals have to be watched because they have about a 1% chance every year of developing bone cancer so that has to be looked at genetically what's your family history is there a family history of neuropathy we have have to look at that. Do you have something called chronic inflammatory demyelinating polyradiculopathy, CIDP, which is where your the insulation around your nerves is just coming off at a very high level. Believe it or not, there's even new research associating this with gluten problems. So, that's the overview on neuropathy. I really hope this has helped. If you have questions on your case again, 833 Dr. Gates for a free consultation where we'll sit down for about a half hour and go over your labs, bring all of your information so I can go over that with you in detail. If you have fibromyalgia, if you know someone with fibromyalgia, you got to let them know about the relationship to small fiber neuropathy. If you know somebody with Hashimoto's, all these factors are very important for assessing these issues because I think through time, you're going to see the paradigm change. You're going to see the paradigm change to what I'm talking about. At least I hope it changes because those of you listening on this radio station, my experience are independent individuals that don't necessarily take uh, answers at face value. They like to do research. They like to figure out why their problems are not going away and if you're that type of ruggedly independent person then this type of approach I think will be pretty interesting for you kind of fun because it's a completely different way of looking at chronic health problems and so I really appreciate you listening today Uh, this was fun and uh, don't give up in terms of your diagnostic workup be tenacious doggedly pursue solutions that's my recommendation for you. 833-DR-GATES, Gates, Gates Way to Health in Henderson, Nevada. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with an exciting broadcast.